after so many years, the sons of Kronos, together once more. Brothers in arms, Hades, you are the great ruler of the underworld. Allow us to enter and help you rebuild the walls of Tartarus. My beloved brother, who banished me here for eternity to look after our father, now seeks reconciliation. We must forget the past, brother, and unite. Yes, but on my terms. Welcome to Franchise Killer, a podcast where we pick movie franchises or wannabe franchises, review them film by film, and see where things went wrong or right. right. I'm Reese. Across from me, we have David. To his left, Irina. And to my right, Hades. Also known as Noah. And going back and forth on whether or not it's pronounced Chimera, Chimera, or Chimera, we have... AJ. Which one is it? What have you landed on? Uh, probably Chimera. But if you look at the Klingon, it's actually um, interesting because they don't use those, you know, syllables. Wait, so, Klingon? Why, why, are you, why are you bringing up... <laughs> what, what's the Star Trek connection there? Wrath of Khan. That's what we watched, right? Oh. No, no, AJ, you're mistaken. We Khan! watched, <laughs> we watched uh, Wrath of the Titans... Uh, the sequel to Clash of the Titans, a movie that came out in 2012. The film is directed by Jonathan Liebsman, who also directed Darkness Falls, Battle Los Angeles, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, The Killing Room, and uh, the reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, hmm. that 2014 film. I don't know if y'all seen, yeah, like you seen that movie. No. No. It I, wasn't I don't really awful. Want to. If it's not in the 1998 uh, Turtles, I'm not in. It's, it was dumb, but it wasn't awful. <laughs> it, it felt very, it had very like a, a tra- Michael Bay Transformers energy yeah. only with, with Megan Fox. With yeah. Yes, maybe that was it. But also like CGI <laughs> Turtles who are just cracking wise, even though their jokes are super lame. Mm. Um, so is this director any good? Like, I mean, based uh, on his lineup, I'm like, eh. He's kind of, he's, com- I'll say he's competent. Yeah. But he's not like, He's he's more focused on the spectacle of the thing yeah. than the and, and storytelling this, so much. Yeah, this sounds very highly critical of him, but he's kind of like that guy you get when there's no one else and you just want someone to kind of get the job done. Like he's, I guess you could call him like a journeyman director. Who's well, like, you hey, say that as an insult, but you could also say it like he's the last line of defense. He's a yeah. safe bet is what it sounds like. Yeah, like he knows how to direct a movie. Like he's not going to ruin the movie, but he's probably not going to make it a blockbuster. Exactly. He's not like, God tier, he's demigod tier. Ah. Exactly. There you go. Um, uh, the movie stars, again, Sam Worthington, Ray Fiennes, Liam Neeson, and uh, yeah, actually, those are the only returning cast. And we have uh, also Rosamund Pike, Edgar Ramirez, Toby Kebbell, and Danny Houston. Actually, he returned as well as Poseidon. Sorry. He's just like such a nothing character nothing in the first character one. In both of them. Like, yeah. He kinda, right. he, like, he's just he's kind there. of a face. He's oh, there. My son. <laughs> and we have a screenplay by Dan Matzow. Or Mazow. Mazow. And, and uh, David Leslie Johnson. 
So for those that are new to this show, on this podcast, we first go over our thoughts on the film before revisiting it for the episode. Then we dive into the story, break it down bit by bit, and talk about the more significant moments. Then towards the end of the show, we give our brief reviews and numbered scores, along with an analysis on the health of the franchise and whether or not this film hurt it. So you guys, had y'all seen Wrath of the Titans before your prep for this episode, I'm going to go with you first, Irina. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm pretty sure you showed it to me, and um, it was coming back to me as I was watching it, but I did remember Sam Worthington with the slightly longer hair, and then... I think that's specifically yeah. when I asked you if you had seen this before, you are like, yeah, I had. Uh, it, the, it, Sam Worthington with longer hair I, is the only <laughs> like, like thing. <laughs> isn't that sad, though? It's yeah. uh, like there was nothing really specific, yeah. except for maybe the finale, but... Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you had seen it. Uh, I one question: Had you seen this before the original? Uh, not, I should say the remake of Clash of the Titans, or d- did you see these out of order or in order? I don't remember because I, mean, I, maybe, I think because both films have don't really have that lasting quality. So I I'm not sure. I know. I didn't see either of these in theaters. Yeah, way to reveal your hand, Irina. Yeah. Uh, David, how about you? No, I had not. I thought I had. I, I The first time when you asked me if I saw Clash of the Titans, I thought, yeah, I saw this movie with you at one point. I didn't. Uh, I thought, okay, well, maybe it was Wrath of the Titans. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> so what movie have you I don't you know. Seen? No, you, okay, we talked about this after the last one. There's like a thing in my head. I see of like this guy standing outside of a wall with like a, an army around him, and he kind of like is laughing, and he puts his hand up like, <laughs> and we and kept I, tra- I can't find it. Like, what no idea. It doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about you, Noah? I guess so. You guess you had seen this. Yeah. Care to elaborate? No? Well, Not let me really. answer for him. A long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> the typical <laughs> Noah answer when he was younger. When um, I was younger. AJ, how about you? I had. And to answer your second question, I saw this one first before Clash. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, that leaves it to me. I saw these in order. And Clash of the Titans, I think I saw it in the theater and I was very underwhelmed by it because the trailers sold it so well mm-hmm. and then wrath of the titans the marketing made it look like kind of this is the sloppy <laughs> seconds uh didn't make it look like it was going to be much better so i went in really i, I was still going to see it because i watch every movie anyway uh but yeah i was really had had my expectations lowered for this one i won't reveal my thoughts on it when i saw it then or uh what i think now but that's kind of where i'm at with this franchise with all that said, David, you want to give us our call to action there? That's what I'm here to do. And you know what, Reese? Out of all the people that listen to our podcast, only 31% of people are subscribed. You know what that means? 69% of you are not giving it to us. Hey, so 69. Sma- <laughs> so smash that subscribe button. Follow us on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And most importantly, if you use Apple Podcasts, please, please, please give us a five-star review. Um, you know, Leave us some comments, what you think. It's hard to make a podcast show up on a podcast app, believe it or not. And giving us a good rating on Apple is actually one of those surefire ways to do it. So show us some support on our journey to be one of the best movie review podcasts out there. Do something. Thank you, David. That was a uh, that seemed very well scripted. So what are you talking and by, about? And by make it up, you mean raise the visibility of? I guess. <laughs> All right, let's get into that story. 
gods are losing our power. We believed Titans to be imprisoned forever. Now, they're breaking free. Perseus, the demigod of Zeus, now lives as a fisherman with his young son, Helios, after the death of his wife, Io. Zeus visits Perseus and asks for his help, saying that humans are not praying to the gods. As a result, the gods are losing their power and becoming mortal, meaning they can no longer sustain the walls of Tartarus which are holding back the imprisoned titan Kronos from freedom. Perseus, valuing his family's safety, refuses to get involved. Alright, Reese. Alright. Oh, go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say something I didn't realize until just now, because I totally forgot because they don't bring it up in this really, but his his wife was Io from yeah. Clash of the Titans, right? Yes. So she died in the first movie, and then Zeus is like, you need a partner in this journey. Yep. And then he brings her back to life, only for us to get to this movie. It's like, she died again. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is this is classic, like, the director kind of wanting to take this in a different direction. Uh, it was already kind of controversial that Io and not... Uh, Andromeda was his kind of love interest because in, if you'll remember from the original Clash of the Titans, it was Andromeda uh, that he was supposed to kind of and save and yeah and be with. Uh, but then I also did some research and it it does look like they did try to get Gemma Arterton mm-hmm. back for the role of Io. So I it it there's a lot of things about this movie that seem like kind of a soft re- reboot. It's like just yeah, Perseus is a more down to earth dude. He's got his hair grown out. He's more kind of, I guess, salt of the earth, rough around the edges. Like he, he, he's not perfect in his execution of things. Like he's, he's a fisher dad. Gets his blade stuck in his cape. He, the, I don't know. It, it and and I guess that leads me to believe it, or to ask the question. Like these two films were directed by different directors. Did y'all notice any differences? Like I did, uh, positives, negatives. That about the first one or the second one from the from the get go here, You're leading the witness. So I honestly think that if I didn't know that Sam Worthington was the same actor playing both roles, it's a completely different performance. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, much better in Wrath here, the second movie, because it is so much more charismatic and character driven, which was my complaint from the first movie. Mm. Yes, uh, and another thing that I think this movie, or at least. It, the director slash editor, editors did better with this one is, is these are both very, the, the first Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans are both very fast paced movies. Like they move from one instant, one scene to the next really quickly. Yeah. Right. Uh, I thought Clash of the Titans was much more awkward about it. Whereas this one is more fluid in I, the, in its setup of scenes. I think and a lot of that is tonally and how they're, they're trying to show us the characters. The first one, and motivation. I was a little uncertain as to how they wanted me to feel about people and then the events that are happening. Whereas this one, I very much understand what they're trying to say. 
Yes, they had a, a the story is it's equally as simple, but it's it doesn't have that feeling of a lot like like you don't feel like there's a lot on the cutting room floor. Like there probably mm-hmm. was still. Uh but whereas Clash of the Titans the remake just felt like there were whole scenes just missing. This one I I didn't quite get that impression. I still could have used a little more meat on the bone here and there. And I'm I'm just still talking about the beginning here. Uh, I guess it sounds like I'm reviewing the movie already, but I'm not. In in my opinion, like what, and this even is, you know, noticeable in my opinion from the beginning here, they established motive more than the first one did. So that disjointedness of the first movie was accentuated by, you know, the question, why am I here? Which is even spoken by the characters on screen. Here in the second movie, you see, okay, why are they doing this? Why are they going there? So that even though the quick cuts go to you know different places, you know why they're going there. Yeah, exactly. It, the, the transitions make much more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so and their guide actually makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Like in the first one, you had that issue of uh, where they're going. How are they getting there? How do they know how to get there? But oh, Io's there, but she doesn't really make sense either. But this one, it kind of fills in. Yes, a right. little bit. Uh, it th- that said, I while I think this movie is is much at least at the beginning much better paced, I think it also sacrifices something that was interesting about the first one, and that's in regards to Zeus, how they kind of like reform this character as someone you should sympathize with and maybe mm-hmm. root for, especially in this opening scene where uh, I was watching this with David actually, and we both commented on how. Uh, Zeus is speaking to Perseus and he's like you don't need to feel weak as a human uh, you're you're stronger as a human and it's like th- that's something that Perseus That's the complete opposite yeah. of yeah. what his message was. Yeah, that's something that Perseus with. already knew. He's like yeah. no, I don't want to be a god, but this this movie tries to f- reframe it as like yeah. Perseus doesn't feel like he's worthy of being a god. Right, and right. I thought like that was less interesting to me than what he was grappling with in the first movie. Yeah. I think the the one thing that it benefited was adding a sense of humility to the main protagonist, which is what I find more likable about him, is that he's mm. he's kind of, he's put himself in this position partly to protect his son, but also because he, he understands he is like one man and he should not uh, search for glory, technically, so... Yeah. I, I, I like that. I think it's it makes his character more complex and interesting. Yeah. I think the only issue is that continuity from the first one doesn't line up. In the first one, him as a main character was saying, the gods are all wrong, everything's wrong, they're yeah. they're terrible, I think man can yeah. do it. As far and then as in a, this one, he right. thinks man can't do it, only gods can do it. But I agree with that. Like As a sequel, those who had watched the first coming into this film, it would be very confusing and it would feel Mm. like they didn't do their homework and they basically just scrapped the first and focused on something else that's the light reboot yeah yeah Yeah. so that's why i totally agree with it being kind of a light reboot in fact i think they were aiming for that yeah they're like we're gonna fix some of the things we didn't Mm -hmm. exactly think were good about the first but i I actually find it kind of interesting about the first Mm -hmm. i just think these are two different takes that i can kind of appreciate both of them Uh, but they definitely don't flow as a yeah as as like oh hey 
you watch Clash of the Titans, now you gotta yeah. watch Wrath of the mm-hmm. Titans because it really continues that story. It doesn't. Yeah. The are... only same character is Sam Worthington. Yeah. Well, even if a first film is or a dud, it, it doesn't really help to soon after completely change a character's motives in that way. I think since we're talking franchises, if you're wanting a franchise, it's it kind of has your audience lose faith in the story material because even the directors, those that are creating the story for you, aren't really certain in themselves. So you, you kind of don't really want to follow it. Yeah. So. So we haven't seen any visual confirmation of it yet, but uh, Zeus threatens that uh, not enough people are praying and this will th- this is leading to the kind of diminishing of the gods thus the walls of tartarus are weakening and uh the almighty chronos chronos however you want to say it, it it will be unleashed upon the earth and he's kind of just this he's this be or this being just capable of planetary destruction um, if you've ever seen Cabin in the Woods at the very end where that hand comes out of the ground and smashes onto the earth with that's lava, that. that's that. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. This this was another kind of improvement from the original that I appreciated. It, this looming threat of, it, it's something larger than just the Kraken mm-hmm. killing this bunch of people that I really don't care about um, in this one city that they barely establish. With Kronos, you, it, that is, it's a... I don't know, it's planet destruction. Your typical kind of, yeah, this is something that we actually do have to stop. Uh, I I, th- I thought it was interesting, and I don't know a lot about Kronos, so I was like, what is this cool thing? So Yeah, so I, I, I somewhat disagree with you as far as the stakes go. I mean, it, as a whole world thing, oh yeah, save the world. That to me is a little bit stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would def- have pre- definitely. Yeah. I would have preferred for it to be a more personal thing. And yet again, they didn't exactly make you care about the army back at home. No, they're all like, "Let's pray to Ares," and that, she's that- like, "No, that's bad. He's gonna kill us." And they're like, "Let's do it anyways." I'm gonna. I will say. Go ahead. Well, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna disagree with you there because Perseus is the culture hero of Greece. Like he is the like granddaddy of what their myth, like mythical heroes Mm. were. So like making it a worldwide threat is fitting for his character because I actually felt that was more fitting for his story than the first where ironically this, you know, is kind of more of a made up plot points and they took, you know, from the myth more in the first movie, but I felt like this was more Perseus from, you know, heroic lore yeah, the, the spirit personally. of the character is more intact in this one than it was in the the previous. So yes, I agree with the heroic aspect of it, but I more what I'm getting at is as a movie's plot point, I think it's really easy to just go for hey world do- like world destruction. Isn't that just what Greek mythology is half the time? Like, <laughs> no, oh, no, Titans are going to no. destroy Sleeping the Earth. Sleeping with nymphs and random women. And I'm a bull. In fact, getting jealous of one another and all that crap. In fact, <laughs> 90% of Greek stories don't have anything to do with world destruction. It's just more this one, this hero. Like, you know, you have uh, all the stories about the Odyssey and the Trojan War. And the gods are getting involved. And it's a big thing. But... Not often is it an actual destruction of the world, which I, it's interesting. I'm just not as big of a fan of the 
that as the driving force. I I like more the point where his son is involved. Mm. Yeah. And they do play off yeah. play off of that later on as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what we'll like get around and to. And I know we've said it a little bit, but this does not follow Greek mythology. Like they it has the people, right? It has <laughs> the names. And there is some loose connections. They kind of uh-huh. mash some stories together. But just if you're looking for yeah. an accurate Greek mythology based movie, saying it. Yeah, mm. the first in one fact, don't. Either. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, I was gonna mm. say. In fact, don't watch any of these movies if you want accurate if you're, like, uh, a Greek huge interpretations. Mythology enthusiast, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of took it as they're putting their twist on it. The first one exactly, had the twist yeah. of mm. Perseus doesn't get with Andromeda. That's their twist. This one has the yeah. twist of, you know, the I don't know. It's whatever you call it, the Pride and Prejudice and zombies. It's like the re remix of it kind of where you see right. Andromeda yeah. as this you know soldier type figure in this and so I actually enjoyed it personally oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, I, I think everyone in, does enjoy it it's just it was funny though watching the special features and they're they're talking about mythology and in my mind I'm just saying like this is mythology but you know we didn't do any of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, let, let us explain everything that we're not going to show you. I think screen. it's just a fun featurette, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. You can make anything good in movies. It doesn't matter if it follows this, like the, the main history points or not. Yeah. In, in fact, sometimes if you did see mythology completely played out on film, it wouldn't translate well. It, it would be kind of strange well, and awkward, I'm sure. And you'd hate the gods all the time. Well, I, which isn't bad, but... I think well, considering yeah, how... Go ahead. Just saying, yeah, I mean, you have different versions from Plato to, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Homer to, you know, I mean, it's all different anyway. So there's right. not necessarily one consistent narrative mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. And I think Greek mythology is so well known already that it, it would be boring to kind of see someone play the exact same notes that you already yeah. know. Like, yeah, yeah, just mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I think as far as uh, when you're doing Greek mythology... You, you have complete artistic freedom of how the mm-hmm. story goes. The only thing that I would want them to get right is what the characters at their core are. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you completely change, if you change Aphrodite to be like this, uh, you know, to be this warrior lady, but also she's super duper evil, then that would be wrong to paint Aphrodite in that way unless you... I don't, I don't know. It's like okay, a... Okay, so I want to say, just jumping off of that a little bit, uh-huh. a perfect example of this is um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. I don't know yes. if we talked about that in the last episode based off Greek mythology? Yeah, you're right. It was it was um, the Odyssey, I believe, that it was based off of yeah. following the different events. Completely modernized, although it wasn't modern to us. More modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was we, know, we know what you mean. It was something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that um, in general mythology, when you look into it, a lot of it was focusing on... Uh, the premise of what happens when things go wrong most of the time, they were teaching moments. And Mm. it's interesting to look at stories of the past compared to how we retell them now, where a lot of it is focused now on hope and insurmountable odds and things coming out well for you because of your morals, (laughs) essentially. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of interesting to see how messaging changes over time. Or societal values of changes. I mean, those morals themselves were, you know, imposing them on things retrospectively, so. Right. So if you think this is a silly film, just think of it from that perspective as Mm. a reflection on the way our society has changed. (laughs) (laughs) 
And receive these stories. Exactly. So, I wonder how the Greeks viewed Zeus back in the day. Do you think they were cool with what he was doing? Or is it always supposed to be bad? Like, I think probably they were thinking, okay, yeah, we're totally cool with you, Zeus. Totally cool. I Zeus, think he was in a, their mind. Like, Zeus is like you. Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. Like he just will do anything to get into anybody's pants. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was reading some stories on like all the different, even other Greek gods. He's like sleeping with the uh, the wife of this guy and it made himself to look like a bull to trick this other one. I'm like, who fell for the old bull trick? So not really the Zeus. I mean, you saw Sleeping Beauty, didn't you? <laughs> so I'm gonna pull us back a little bit here. Yeah. Do you feel an imposing, you know, sense of tension or foreboding by this um, presence of Kronos on the the horizon? Yeah. As it goes throughout the movie, and I guess I should get to the next portion, but as it goes, it, it starts to, the tension starts to mount. I think mm-hmm. it does a good job of amping up that background threat that is, it's just this yeah. kind of pressure mm-hmm. cooker. Yeah. Well, once you see Kronos for the first time. I don't really feel that. Okay. Um, and I'm, it, it's interesting that you brought up that question because I didn't actually really think about that. I... I think I approached this movie the same way I approached the first one, where it's just a fun ride through mythology, and I didn't really feel tension about it. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so I, I'm kind of in it. Keep in mind, I'm actually just pointing out what I see as kinks in this movie, but overall, I have a different opinion from how it sounds right now. Um, but I agree with Irina. I didn't get a lot of tension from it i really liked the thought of chronos being revived and i thought mm-hmm. that was really cool but i didn't feel a lot of tension because i you know i just everyone's got plot armor that i care about right yeah. zeus meets his brothers hades and poseidon and his son Ares in tartarus he asks hades help in rebuilding tartarus's walls but hades rejects the offer and attacks zeus Ares betrays zeus imprisoning him and stealing his thunderbolt Hades and Ares plan to make a deal with Kronos in exchange for remaining immortal. They will drain Zeus's divine power to revive Kronos. The walls of Tartarus break, unleashing monsters onto the world. After killing a chimera that attacked his village, Perseus travels to, to meet his father. He instead finds a dying Poseidon who informs him of the circumstances and tells him to find his demigod's son, Agenor, who will lead him to Hephaestus, who knows the way into Tartarus. Poseidon then gives Perseus his trident and succumbs to his injuries. Perseus, Andromeda, and Agenor set out to find Hephaestus on a hidden island. Alright, so let's first talk about this meeting of the gods down in, presumably, the underworld. Zeus is reaching out, or extending extending an olive branch to Hades in an attempt to, or, or just in hopes that they can team up to stop this imminent threat of Kronos. Uh, Hades betrays him, and so does Ares, and they just kind of have this beat down. I actually thought this this was a very visually cool mm-hmm. scene oh, yeah. of just the lightning bursts going off and those uh, weird little Malkor, whatever they were, throwing fire, multiple armed things throwing fire. Uh, I I, I kind of it, it didn't last long, but it was a cool visual set piece that. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of like how air, gods don't actually get injured like we do. They just get these little black marks on their face from, like, when Ares hit Zeus. He just get, looks like he got some soot on his face or something. Um, but what did y'all think of this development in the plot? I'm So far, I'm fine with it. Um, I, 
I figured I would get to know the these characters a little more later on. I'm I guess I'm referring to Ares. Mm. Um turns out I don't that much, but um He's an angry boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's, he's got daddy, daddy issues. <laughs> um hashtag daddy issues. And, I love how we said that in <laughs> yeah. unison. We all know. Well it's 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 apparent. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Okay. Anyway, I mean uh, it was obviously I'm, successful, so yeah, it's it's fine. Like I I get that, and then there's motive, and um, I will reveal a little later just because it's part of what this motive is. But the um, the Hades comment that comes up later that he fears oblivion, that humans have a way of you know entering an an afterlife of some kind, but gods don't. That was actually in something that I hadn't thought of and I realized, oh, okay, yeah, that's enough motive. I could see that. Why someone would risk, you know, draining the life force of their brother just to remain alive yeah, because there's no there's no promise of an afterlife for you. Yeah, I get it. This is one of the things I can't praise. Uh, you can't these praise it. Enough for oh. it. And yeah. it's the way that they depict <laughs> all of the mythological creatures. Yeah, they're really cool. And even including the gods, they do such a good job in making them exactly how I imagine them and mm -hmm. sometimes even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they took off the shiny, like, reflective nature yes. from the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank he's, you. He's, it's more toned down. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're not in Olympus, you know, right. on their throne trying to look resplendent in front of everyone. Yeah. But I think it, it, it does help you know, kind of weave them into this setting better. And um, yeah. they, they are supposed to be a little more decrepit than they were before because they've they've lost favor. Yeah, that's, a, that's another thing I appreciated. Uh, the director or the writers did a good job of uh, making these gods seem much more vulnerable. I mean, Poseidon is dead. <laughs> he mm -hmm. freaking dies. Yeah. So Ray Fiennes dropped his Voldemort accent. Yeah, yeah. oh God, I was yeah. thankful for that. Oh. Yeah, I another another indication of <laughs> another indication of this movie being kind of a soft reboot. A lot yeah. of kind of changes were made stylistically uh, from this film to the second one, mm -hmm. and yeah, um, also has it, it's a massive upgrade to me in the CGI department. I mm -hmm. think these Chimera look or this Chimera in this action sequence looks perfect, and I know it's kind of partially shrouded in dust a lot of the time, which is kind mm -hmm. of a smart. Uh, choice to just you know hide Pity some your strengths. Yeah, if there's rough edges, yeah, throw some dust or dirt in there. You cover those rough edges, and they succeeded. Uh, mm -hmm. I like this kind of behind the shoulder, uh, shaky cam fight. That it, it's Percy Jackson. Just Percy Jackson. God, <laughs> no. why he's infiltrated Percy's. my brain in the worst way. Percy is Jacksonist. I, I feel like I've said Percy Jackson in every episode since we watched those stupid movies, but. <laughs> Uh, Perseus, it, 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 it just—it's a very kind of just down and dirty fight, and I right, I liked it. It's more drawn out. It it didn't it didn't take like two seconds to kill this Chimera like it did every other foe in the first mm -hmm. movie. Uh, it actually felt like an earned vic victory. Um, cool little fight. His he thinks his son is in danger throughout right. the whole thing as well. So there's that kind of added tension, I guess. Even though I don't think the son is well enough established. Um, it's like, oh, Perseus has a son now. Now he cares about him a lot. Now he might die. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> I care for this kid. 
Uh, what did yeah. y'all think of this, the first? Go ahead. Uh, I disagree with David. I thought it was better set up than that, but. Well, I mean, it, it was very quick. You can't yeah. say it wasn't quick. Uh, well, you're you're was, kind of just thrown into this guy with a son. It was quick, but it's I I wouldn't say it's bad. I think I, also I think that, that was just so like, like there are cutout scenes where he does have more conversations with his son. And while I did appreciate that they wanted to focus more time on that, I think it was a good call to cut it out because at that point, a, a lot of the cutout scenes were a little too wordy. And, um, but not very well written. So I think this is just enough for you to understand Perseus's motive because he's the one we care about the most yeah. here. We, we're not going to see the sun for most of the film. So why should we spend too much time with that? Yeah. It's, it's enough as a catalyst. So I'm, I'm fine with the amount of time. And that, that kid does a good job with, you know, the amount of time he's put on screen. So yeah. Mm. Can can I say uh, just to pull back to the chimera fight? I know we're kind of still there, but uh, I think one of the coolest shots in this movie is seeing these chimeras burst out of this crack in the earth, mm. and they're just kind of like June bugs almost, where they're just like kind of flying off in random oh, directions, yeah. <laughs> and like Perseus sees one like overhead. It's almost like making a jet engine noise as it goes off <sighs> somewhere in a different direction, and then yeah, one like jet. blasts into his into his village. Like, right. I, I just thought that was so creative mm -hmm. and, yeah. like, just a really good uh, showing of these, yeah, monsters are being unleashed on yeah. the world. And, yeah. It, it, you know so. what it reminded me of? It reminded me a little bit of, like, a War of the Worlds sort of scenario yes. where it was more, it, it almost felt alien, you know? Yeah. Kind of just coming out of the ground and then, you yeah. know, wreaking havoc on the town. I almost wish there was more of it. Like they they tease monsters being unleashed on the world, and you literally only see two different types of monsters that are unleashed on so the world. So we have the chimera yeah. and the and those weird forearmed forearmed dudes. dudes. Yeah, that, that kind of goes into what I wish this movie had done, because I wish they had had a bit more of a focus on that the battlefield area. Mm. Yeah. I wish they had stuck a character that you care about there so you can see on the front lines right. what they're dealing with yeah. and you actually establish that care of there and see see they switch try, back and forth they try to do that. And that. They try to do that but it's too late. Yeah. At the so, end in the end battle they put Agenor and Andromeda on the front lines. Yeah. But Reese, so we talked about last uh episode on the first movie yeah. Where there's a mistake with the 3D rendering. Not a mm -hmm. mistake, but a mistake in direction of it. Do you know, is there any background on the 3D aspect of this movie visually? Uh, so this one was still post-converted, but the director knew that it was going to be post-converted mm -hmm. from the get-go. Like, he that. didn't just... Like, he actually... He wanted to film on film for this one, so it would have a more textured look. Right. Uh, which is something, apparently, you can't convert... You can't, like, film for 3D on film. It has to be a digital film. Uh, so he filmed this on film with the intention of post-converting it to 3D. So in what I've researched is the 3D for this was much more successful because... It was planned? Yeah, it was planned. Whereas right. the first one, there was no plan to make it a 3D film. And was it digital? Just, was it all digital? No, this one's on film. No, no. Yeah, the, the and I actually feel movie. like there's a better color depth yeah. to oh, it. Yeah. I don't know about, off the top of my head, I don't know about uh, the first Okay, one. I was going to say we could do a side-by-side -side comparison yeah. pretty easily there. No, but this film looks, I think this movie looks better than the first one. 
I yeah, I do think this one looks better than the first one, but I n- never really noticed any flaws with the first one either. Yeah, I, as far as CG and all that goes. The CG yeah, was think, great in the first one. I honestly, I think this. they're comparable, but yeah. um, I I know they wanted to focus more on uh things that they could that were relatable to us as you know animals we've actually experienced or textures we've seen. So they really tried to focus on animal-like qualities when they would create their creatures. But I think I I didn't feel like this one is astronomically better than the first as far as mm-hmm. special effects go. They To me, they're, they're kind of on the same wavelength. But uh, what they did do that I appreciated was they, they kind of... There was more buildup for the uh, action. There was more buildup for these creature reveals than the first yeah. had. The first, it was just like they straight up just plop a monster right in your face, and you're like, "Oh, well, where did that come yeah. from?" And Scorpions. you're just kind of dealing with it, and then mm. you don't really know what's happening until the dust has settled. And oh, okay, we have four warriors left. Um, all right, <laughs> you know, yeah. this one it's easier to track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Ares. He's kind of the big. The big bad in this one, portrayed by Edgar Ramirez. What do we think of Ares, guys? I like him. Oh, I was going to say he's... He's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty. Pretty ugly. But to to me, he is very similar to the guy in the first one. Calabos? Calabos, yeah. Like his role is very similar. Oh, where it's it's like they're an antagonist, but you mm. don't really know why they're uh, well, they're really not the there. big bad, but they're I'm I'm gonna push back the antagonist. Mm. I'll, I'll push back again against that a little bit. I think Ares is a much more oppressive threat than Calibos um, mm-hmm. was. Calibos, he just they just kind of tossed him aside every time he showed up. Yeah. Whereas Ares, like he's a legitimate. Like when this guy shows up, he's like the Terminator. Yeah. And he will destroy everything in sight. And there's like, true motive with connection to the history. Yeah. I think it makes sense that he's like a little upset that his daddy doesn't love him as much as Perseus. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. he's going to unleash hell on Earth. That's that's the part that I I have issues with yeah um and it's because of there's this inconsistency here where like that would be a perfectly valid reason to go to war with your dad if we were going back to traditional or you know the mythology uh standards but with this movie you're making more complex character moves where you're wanting, you're throwing in the aspect of forgiveness and then humility and people mm-hmm. overcoming these issues that are more complex. And then you just kind of slap a father issue onto Ares, who is supposed to be the main antagonist and the main reason that Kronos is coming back. So that, to me, that's a very weak leg to stand on so compared Ares to everything is Luke, else. And Kronos yeah. just eats him at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this I, is kinda... I agree with you, Irina. Yeah, I think you know, for the God of War, he should have been a little bit more deranged and unhinged, and not care mm-hmm. so much right. about Daddy's approval, and yeah. just kind well, of making I... excuses. Yeah, like I, I wanted to see a little bit more violence from him. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, as far as that uh, the Daddy issues thing goes, if they decided to go into that, I wish they would have gone into it maybe a little further, and like not to go too far ahead but there's the scene where he um gets 
I guess, defeated at the end. And mm-hmm. it's by his daddy's lightning bolt. But right. they didn't really focus on the fact that his dad yeah, gave know, him approval to kill his other son. I didn't really see... I didn't really think about it that way, but yeah. that is huge. And Yeah. And, but I didn't yeah. feel the... That's what I'm the saying. The force of that. So can, they, they <laughs> yeah, could have that's, totally that's gone in that direction in such a way and had it be like this ultimate denial of yeah. his godly son versus his, yeah, his son of a, man. But they didn't really have, push that. You can have like an ex- extrapolation of the succession myth where right. you know the son overthrows the father, which we've already seen twice in mm. Greek mythology. Uh, yeah. And then so Ares continues the tradition here. You don't have to have a jealousy of the brother. You can just say, you know, Zeus, you're incompetent. It's time for your time is done. Like exactly. you're weak. You care about humans too much. Gods are superior. This is a god versus human thing. Whereas, yep. you know, Perseus represents humanity. Yeah. Um, and he chooses humanity because that's what he did in the first movie. Uh, but instead, it's like, I'm jealous because daddy gives you more attention. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I know. definitely think. Well, the thing is, I think they pulled that from mythology because. He did have daddy issues. He was upset, but it wasn't at Perseus. It was at Athena. Yeah, but that's the, the that's the point I made earlier, though, is that everyone else has a more complex motivation or something that is a is easier for us to grasp, and yet he has the one that's just kind of just sort of. Mm, it, yeah. It's like they didn't really want to focus too much on what he wanted or what motivates him so especially I, when you've twisted zeus's character so much into this mushy bleh which is not even zeus it's, just <laughs> it's not zeus at all it's crushy so, <laughs> yeah i don't get the impression that this movie is concerned at all with like building interesting characters and really tapping into like what makes them tick it's yeah. it's more just like it's very surface level both of these yeah. movies yeah. are the first one and the second one it's just like we're gonna give you the bare minimum you know greek mythology goodies yeah uh, but only to set up cool action scenes well i'm mm. saying and my in my opinion going with the just full violence like time to take over is more along that line instead of right that the no that's of the the half brother yeah, you're yeah. you're actually totally right. Yeah, I could have used more Ares just like going yeah going off like it, and that and is good, his that is his character in the beginning too, or yeah, not yeah, this, and, but as far as Greek yeah, lore yeah, yeah. goes. And actually, what would have been cool is is on the battle lines before Kronos is unleashed. It would have been cool to see Ares just going off on a whole bunch mm. of these soldiers. Slaughter. Yeah. yeah, just slaughtering them, and that's when Perseus kind of calls him to the, yeah. like, hey, meet me here, and that's when Dude, he, that's yes. the only thing that stops mm-hmm. him. A fight with an <laughs> audience, that's awesome. Yeah. No, but instead they're all like, hey, meet me outside uh, the classroom during lunch, and that's I'll that is you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you, brother. I'm going to beat you up, little brother. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> so Andromeda. Or edgy. Yeah, what do you want to talk I was, about? I was first? gonna. I was gonna exactly where I was going, AJ. Uh, I was gonna bring up Andromeda and Agenor, played by Rosamund Pike and Toby Kebble, respectively. These are two new players to this franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. Andromeda was played by someone else in the first one, but right. So a new actress. Uh, I think Rosamund Pike is an upgrade for Andromeda, though oh, they yeah. don't do quite enough with her. I don't feel like uh, Agenor, played by Toby Kebble. I think this movie kind of whiffs on the humor side. Yeah. Like, I think the first one had a couple of really great, honestly funny moments. And this one, like, tries really hard to do the 
as David put it, it was like the Captain Jack Sparrow swagger for this Agenor character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't think it was a, a swing and a miss. It was more of a you know a foul tip or something. I, I thought some yeah. of it landed. It wasn't completely unwanted in my opinion. It just didn't you know hit a home run. Yeah, and I totally agree. Like there there's scenes where he's like kind of going off on a tangent, and they just kind of like fade out his dialogue as he's walking off because they right. didn't have a good punchline for it. Uh, but like he's a he's a he adds levity to the story, and I, I like him in it, mm-hmm. but he's not, like, the best version of that character that he could have been. Yeah. If, yeah. At least he's not ahead. a Jar Jar Binks. It's oh, true. yeah, for sure. I just feel that um, I'm. It, it's one of those trios where I'm okay with it. It's, mm. it's not like they detract or anything, but I'm also keenly aware that if they were gone... I would still be more interested in Perseus and I would think he was fine. He was rounded, well-rounded as a character alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, here, here's a, yeah. I feel like you needed a sounding board. I think this movie, even though the, I don't really care for these two characters, I think they, what it does better than the first one is it gives them a motivation. Whereas yeah. all of the soldiers surrounding Perseus in the first one, they were played by like yeah. top tier actors but the only one who kind of like shined through was Mads Mikkelsen and kind right. of Liam Cunningham a little bit. Right. But they didn't Fines. have any. They didn't have any motivation other than to hey, we're helping Perseus do yeah. this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas these ones, it's like Agenor, he's been locked up, and this is yeah. his chance to prove himself as like a demigod. Like that's a motivation. And Andromeda yeah. is she has to, you know, take care of her people. She's a queen. Yeah. Uh, like there's actual. So, at least the bare bones no, I agree character with that. development. It's there. interesting. Before I rewatch this movie, the character I remembered most was Agenor. Oh yeah, he is the most memorable <laughs> for this movie. At least in my interpretation, they did a lot better selling Perseus as a more complex character than he was in the first one, where he just kind of. Went in, did his stuff, and went yeah. out. In this one, he has motivations that make a lot more sense. Um, and then the characters in this one, I didn't quite enjoy as much as I did the initial ones. Even though they have more motivation mm-hmm. to be here, I really liked uh, Mads Mickelson's character and... Um, Liam right. Cunningham and all of them. I really enjoyed that dynamic right. of just being with, you know, your men and yeah. some of them are making jokes. and. Well, I think that's why um, with a lot of really good storytelling, it's it's mostly that all the characters together make a whole. And if you're using a, an example, you think of something like Harry Potter, where you have that classic trio and... Individually, they are all great, but you feel like there's something missing when one of them has left the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. in this scenario, Fellowship you... of the Ring. Yeah, <laughs> uh. Fellowship of the Ring for sure. But I feel like I overdo that and now that uh, reference. So yeah, you can, it's um, easier to handle three. People. Yeah, and this one is dealing with a trio where they you got the the funny guy and you got our hero and then you have the queen here, but there's nothing. You don't really get a chance for them to bond over, you know, their weaknesses and their strengths where they're, yeah. there's, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of time to do that. And Something it's, both it, of these it's movies missing that. 
fail at. Yeah. It's just having the downtime. Like, right. You want that just moments where quiet moments. Neither mm-hmm. of these movies have that. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that think that might be a criticism, I'm. It, it's fine. I'm just saying that's what's keeping it from being better too. Is just. We also don't have seven it, movies establishing fo- focused on their exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I and as far as Andromeda goes. It's weird because I like her a lot better than I like the girl from the first one. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. because of screen time. But at the same time, I think it would have been easier to develop a connection to her if they kept the same actress in this one. Because in this one, it just is a complete reboot of her character. Uh, So I'm not as attached to her as I would be if they were connected. Apparently the the original actress wasn't available. Like they're, they're, Oh, I I figured that that was most of the reason why they switched out. Or that's the answer. Better that they killed her off than recasting her in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. She's a key character, but in my opinion, this is a kind of maybe, uh, forerunner to the girl power movement if i can use those words without offending oh uh, yeah and, but <laughs> yeah. It, it's more organic like i'm not bothered at all of course exactly. i'm not a woman anymore so mm. um it it's it still <laughs> seems like um you know she's a, a strong independent one woman without being in your face about how she's a strong independent woman oh yeah, yeah. Right. it I seems never even... natural to her character um yeah. and, and it's it's a twist from the original story the damsel in distress Right, and and it's kind of a, a reversal, actually, of the whole mythology where Andromeda is the one in, in the myth that is chained to the rock in distress. Here right. we have Zeus, the the main, you know, uh, figurehead. He's supposed God, to be the head chained to the rock in distress. Yeah. yeah, the object of salvation. So, or a person in need of salvi- salvation. But he forgives everybody, so it's all good. Perseus should have thought of this ahead of time and kept the Medusa head. And just <laughs> <laughs> the moment Cronus wakes up, here you go. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing up. to have around. Oh, yeah. I Especially mean, with a child. You keep it in a bag and the bag dropped, doesn't turn to stone. He dropped it in the ocean by accident. Think about how many fish are, like, turned to stone around that area. <laughs> oh, I know. Fish. Is that where the rockfish come All right, well, who, who else? I want more thoughts on Andromeda. I, I liked her, and I, I pretty much agree mm. with what you said there. I like her, but I still think she was underutilized in a lot of scenes. I like the way they set her up, but it didn't have as much yeah. impact. Well, this is a this is also a very short film. And it I'm, very much is. Ultimately, when I, if I have issues with the other characters, I keep reminding myself that Perseus is the real one that we're supposed to be focusing on anyway. Yeah, and so, they did better with him. Yeah, I, so, that, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. It leads to a question, and this is later in the story, but... They try to give her a little bit of character depth with her lieutenant. I don't know who, what I remember what her name is. Who is the one that prays to Ares? Yeah, Cor- uh, Corina. Corina. James. Cor- yeah, it's Corina, Corina, something like that. So yeah. she like sees her in the labyrinth as a vision, and that kind of is supposed to speak to her character depth a little bit, and it kind yeah. of works, but it kind of doesn't. So yeah. I don't know because yeah, you don't personally. know what their relationship is. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they should have you know leaned into her more Andromeda. Uh, that right. is, or if they should have you know just streamlined scrapped that yeah (laughs) i i think they probably should have scrapped that because if it was meant to add some emotionally emotionality to her character why would she pick that random girl and if it's not a random girl why didn't they develop anything sooner yeah it it could have been like her right hand woman or something and they just didn't focus on that too much yeah the initial thought was i thought that it was kind of 
she wasn't necessarily anyone in particular, but that just showed right. the caringness of Andromeda, right. who's yeah. a queen but knows her, you know, rank and file, exactly um, employee, so to speak, or soldier, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's catch up to that moment here and continue with the story. Agenor explains that Hephaestus created three weapons, which Zeus, Hades, and Poseidon wield. Zeus's thunderbolt, Hades' pitchfork, and Poseidon's trident, which can jointly form the Spear of Trium, the only weapon that can defeat Kronos. After an encounter with three Cyclopses, the travelers eventually meet the now-mortal Hephaestus and reach the entrance of a labyrinth leading to Tartarus. Hephaestus sacrifices himself during an attack by Ares to enable Perseus, and Andromeda, and Agenor to enter the labyrinth. Once inside the labyrinth, they encounter a minotaur that attacks them, but Perseus manages to kill it. The group eventually enters Tartarus. Meanwhile, Zeus is almost entirely drained of power as Kronos awakens. Zeus apologizes to Hades for banishing him to the underworld and asks his forgiveness, as he has forgiven Hades for his actions. Hades decides to help Zeus and stop Kronos in, in contrast to Ares, who still wants to proceed to the former's revival. Perseus arrives and frees Zeus. Ares wounds Zeus with Hades' pitchfork, allowing Perseus to obtain it before he and the others escape Tartarus with Zeus. All right, so they reach the island. Um, Agenor led them to this island that's never been discovered, and they find the Cyclopses and Hephaestus. Uh, So first, let's talk about the Cyclops encounter. Um, What did we think? Of this movie's interpretation of uh, Cyclopses, and uh, yeah, go. So the Cyclops design is fine. It's but overall, I think I think this is the weakest point of the movie. I think that it slows down and it doesn't help any of the characters grow. Mm. So I was this is where I was the most bored. Mm. I I actually enjoyed this. Part. I, yeah. I I enjoyed the Cyclops compared well. to the. Re- is there any scene that was less boring to you? Or more L- boring? boring? More boring. More boring. More boring. I, don't, I, I, I don't think any of this movie is actually boring. No, I don't. I don't think the movie's great, but like they're okay. I'm. I'm not saying it's more. I'm saying more boring. Like the. I guess less entertaining. I, I would agree with you, David. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't lose interest. I just thought, oh, this is another thing that's happening. I didn't lose interest either. Like I'm engaged in the movie. Certainly better than the Cyclops. I will say. Person. I was just gonna you know, say that. What were you yeah. saying, AJ? That's why is when they first introduced the Cyclopes is they're like, um, you know, I'm got this pit feeling. It's like, oh no, how are they gonna depict? Them? Yeah. Like, is it gonna look terrible? <laughs> is it gonna be super goofy? So I was expecting some. I was expecting the worst, and then I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't amazing, right. but yeah, it yeah. was like David is saying. It wasn't the most. Right. It probably wasn't the best. You know, of like, the yeah, movie. Jack the Giant Slayer kind of style. Yeah. It's, I, sorry. I think I was just more enjoying the setting than anything, mm. and I liked the build up to you know, oh, what monster is this kind of a thing. Just the, I I guess I just am a sucker for mm. foggy wood scenes. I just enjoy it. I, I do. I like the the elderly wise Cyclops. How often do you not have that? You know, like know. you always have like these oh. brutes, but then having a wise Cyclops. Something I did like that this movie um, incorporated was other languages, like uh, mm. languages that yeah. we wouldn't understand, because that yeah. does 
kind of allow you to accept the strange British accents that throw in that are thrown in here. You're just understanding that, oh, you're listening to the common tongue. Yeah. And then everything else is just those, something those, different. Those four armed creatures had their own language yeah. too. Oh, it was yeah. super yeah. creepy yeah. Really too. I love that. And even even Hephaestus is like, show some respect, they help forge the weapon of the gods. Right. And so yeah. I was like, oh yeah, okay, so they really kind of pulled it away from being too cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is a one-eyed giant that's kind of out there. But I yeah. feel like they towed the right side of the line. Exactly, mm. yeah. Uh, but I do like how this, again, how this movie is better at amping you up for the fight. Right. Where uh, Agenor's stuck in that the, the little wooden trap, and he's like, release the counterweights. And he's like, he's obviously seeing something that they're not, <laughs> and yeah. something's coming towards them. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yes, this is amping up the tension yeah. Just right, whereas Clash of the Titans was just like, here, let's plop down a monster right here. Huh. They're going to fight it. What? Like, a scorpion? So, <laughs> All right. Uh, Hephaestus, played by Bill Nye. Hephaestus? Uh, Hephaestus. Uh, maybe this is controversial. I think this is a terrible performance. Uh, just because he's he really seems to be phoning it in. Like, this is like... Yeah, this is Bill Nye doing well, a thing. Yeah. Here's what they did. They took the character Daedalus and renamed him Hephaestus. Yeah. And, Explain. Well, Daedalus is the one that originally created the labyrinth. Uh, oh, okay. And he's actually kind of that mad scientist tinkerer as well. But Hephaestus also did create the weapon, so he kind of, I yeah. guess, is a match. I think no, they no, just I decided know. to meld them. What I'm saying is... They followed they, the motif they, of twisting the original myth and then giving right. it a, sec- yeah. a second... Right. Yeah. Fresh Point being, it's it was a renamed Daedalus, and then they decided, oh, I, he also made the things. I both love and hate that the uh, owl Bubo. from Athena <laughs> is still like it yeah. is just thrown Three in there. Deep, guys. <laughs> Three movies deep, guys. Three movies deep, and song. we have R two. He, I, he had an expanded role in this one. I, I know it's just it's one of those things. I think it makes more sense in in this, you know, the the way they incorporated him. But it's almost like the Wilson to the Hephaestus here. That mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I he's just gone insane. Yeah, and he's just talking to, talking to Bubo now. But um, it, it's one analogy. of those things where it's like. I, I both laugh and enjoy it, but at the same time, I'm bothered by it because it keeps, it, it breaks yeah. the immersion for me. And <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't, I still haven't decided if I like it. <laughs> Freaking Bobo, man. Also, I, I was too harsh. It's not a terrible performance. I just like, this seemed like Bill Nye just kind of phoning it in. Like this is yeah. just, he's good at this type of thing. I think that um, I, what you're picking up on is uh, it might be, what how i've been thinking about this where you have actors like him and rafe fines and liam neeson where they are uh, i mean by my opinion higher caliber actors than what this movie portrays and Mm -hmm. i almost feel like the writers and director didn't really know what to do with them you know yeah i would i was gonna say that it's a directorial thing where they're putting a cap because Bill Nye yeah. shines when he's given free reign. Exactly. And I feel like this was the director saying, this is what I want from you exactly. And right. Bill Nye is like, okay, so this is what you're getting. Nothing yeah. more. No, uh, because you, want, you have all these parameters. All. So Yeah. So I and I've, I kind of feel the same way about Zeus and Hades, where their characters are very, in my mind, kind of two-dimensional. But they're given these 
actors that are so much more than that. And it's, there's no problem with them playing two-dimensional characters, but it's just, I think it shows you what the film is Mm -hmm. when you have these high-ranking actors just kind of putting on a performance that's kind of lesser than their abilities. It's just, that's what you're going to get. It's interesting, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but you have these huge names as the gods, the literal gods. Right. But they're more two-dimensional, more reined in, and then we have the the highlight of the lesser-known actors and the more full-depth character development in the actual humans or demigods. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting yeah. coincidence, maybe, mm-hmm. intent. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's hard to say, but um, there's definitely an obvious difference there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so after this point... Uh, that uh, Lily James prays to Ares as they're being led to the maze, and Ares shows up, kills a few of the dudes, and they uh, Hephaestus included, and he holds the door open. They make it into the maze uh, that leads to Tartarus. Um, so let's talk about this whole f- this whole kind of confrontation here, and then the 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 maze itself. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts? It was cool to set up Ares as uh, more of a powerhouse here. They show him just, you know, not even looking, throwing his dagger, axe, He does the superhero landing. Yeah, which he can do because he's a god. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was cool. Um, The way that they portrayed his complete confidence in killing people was cool. Well, Mm -hmm. they also established that he doesn't care about people oh, yeah. where the girl is trying to say oh, i thought maybe if i prayed to you you would actually have some remorse and spare me nope, nope. <laughs> just you're stabs dead her. Like, let me kiss you while i god while i stab your face <laughs> kiss while i stab your face oh you know god of war save <laughs> yeah. us you know you know what i'm getting at yeah what was that aj said you're praying to the wrong god <laughs> honestly why, why did they choose that one why not zeus i do love how the praying to the god is basically like those conspiracy movies where like that one weak person uses their phone to text their yeah. mom and they're yeah. like why did you do that now they know where we are exactly. it was like a, a phone ho- a dialing directly yeah. a direct call to the god and he's like all right i'm gonna show up here like, position god yeah. <laughs> oh my god prayers are just a gps device exactly I love it um, if uh aries it, like she starts praying and then he like picks up his phone like hey they're latitude longitude what what are they doing in africa <laughs> <laughs> um all right so festus dies that happens oh yeah i forgot um, about that honestly right. yep whatever but let's get to the maze uh this is kind of another maybe the third big set piece of this movie mm-hmm. it, i felt like they got through it a little too quickly yeah for just how much they set this thing up as this intricate just insanely difficult to get well through I, you and i were watching so, sorry go ahead reese and i were watching this and i think when they get through it i because we were when they set it up it is supposed to be this like impossible feat and mm-hmm. then they're kind of just standing there and then the maze finishes itself it's like it figures it out for them it's like like, like, "Ah, pushes them to the exit yeah (laughs) Yeah. so the the, i i think my main issue is not not so much how quickly they get through but um you're given this build-up where for instance like uh andromeda sees uh 
Karina? That that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. So. And she sees a visage of Karina and calling out to her. And then um, you know, Perseus sees his son, and you're expecting something more. And Fighting then you get the demons. Minotaur, which he kills in five seconds. Yep. And then we're just done. It with seems that? like they're they're supposed to go insane or something like that while they're down there. Almost, it makes me think of the hobbits in Mirkwood where yeah. they're kind of going I, like hallucinogenic. I, I yeah. feel like if there was one time for this movie to like have this extended uh sequence, this was it. Right. Like right. make the maze sequence this really like th- this for At me. At least more when, of a mind trip. Yeah, when know? I watched this I was like, "Oh, this is Minds of Moria." And I know we bring up Le- Lord of the Rings a lot, but like the way they set this up is Minds right. of Moria. When they enter it, it's just like this ominous yeah, huge, expansive, dark area, mm-hmm. and then they're out of it in ten minutes. But with Dude, with the mind tricks of Mirkwood, they could have yeah. they could have gone even further with all the uh, misdirection of things and the mind games that this was supposed to play on you. He sees his son for a a brief second, and then right. it turns into a minotaur, and it's like, dude. <laughs> Imagine, imagine if you had the scene where, to him, he has to kill his son. Yeah. Yeah. And it, he knows it's not his son, but there's that yeah. trickle of doubt there. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you bring that up, Noah, because when Reese and I were watching this, I posed the question to Reese: If you had a family member fighting you, like you knew it wasn't them, would you still be able to? Like, would you be able to yeah. kill them? It's Which hard. one would you choose? <laughs> uh, I would. I would probably. Myself. Yeah, there you go. I win. The, so visually, with... the labyrinth, the sliding quarters were pretty awesome. Oh, yes, yes. So you they get were. That set yeah. up. The thing is, it's so well. It is really well realized. Like the, it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, every from an aesthetic standpoint, it's perfect. I just yeah. wish we had spent more time yeah, there, and they had actually yeah. been faced with some sort of yeah. challenge. They or, did some legit movie magic. Or there. even if cool. you're not spending that much time, I feel like it was wasted on the Minotaur just to have another monster there. He felt like an afterthought. They literally only put him in there because all of their creatures were CG, and they wanted one that was practical. Yeah, see, that's and, why it feels like an afterthought. It yeah. came across yeah. as an afterthought and the, to me. The Minotaur is supposed to be guarding the. Uh, maze or the labyrinth right, yeah. but, but they definitely should have set that up like the dreaded minotaur and this was also you know the opportunity for Agenor's character to grow as the right. navigator like i don't yeah. need this stinking map like i'm i have this intuition this ability to find things and yeah. he does but it's just too easy of a payoff it's like oh yeah. right. turned and, wrong and t- one time it's this way now we're free they do yeah. they do have a very small nice little payoff for him once they get out of the maze where he kind of has to pick Perseus up and tell him to, like, you know, fight for it. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, this was a good opportunity for Agenor yeah. to really find himself, and you mm-hmm. don't ever really see that happen yeah. on screen. He didn't He didn't deserve to be the one picking up Perseus, at least as far as they showed him in this movie, because he goes from kind of a crook swindling his way into freedom and then suddenly, oh, you're you're not a bad guy, okay. And they never have him kind of have that redemptive moment of him picking someone else over himself. I think that's why they tried to establish him like Jack Sparrow, where it's like he's the lovable guy, even though he was kind of a crook. Like you're not supposed yeah. to hate him. He wasn't that bad of a guy. No, he's he's not. But the the point you being, you realize his potential. Yeah, exactly. They they just kind of omitted his character growth and skipped it to the end. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so as we already alluded to, they kind of find their way out of the maze and they find Zeus. And uh, Zeus basically asks uh, Hades to please forgive him for everything he's done. I actually, it this is a moment where I feel like it, it worked because of the first movie, whereas mm-hmm. so much of this movie was uh, kind of just rejecting the first movie. This one actually, this moment is assisted by the first movie because it portrays Zeus as this flawed character. Mm-hmm. And he's asking for forgive- forgiveness from Hades. And I felt like this was the only moment that was genuinely like, oh, cool. Now, this this Zeus is more interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so is this Hades. I like this kind of like, yeah, Zeus recognizes that what he's done is terrible. And Hades, you almost feel bad for him because he's just this dejected uh, brother throughout all of this, mm. even though he's doing terrible things. I was like, okay, they, they kind of actually tapped into something here, uh, which I wish they had done more of, because I, I want to see that yeah. relationship really it kind of expanded. Mm. Um, That's another area where they shined. I think they shined with three characters, and even though Zeus is not original Zeus... He's more interesting to watch in this one. and But the three characters are Perseus, Hades, and Zeus. I think the direction they decided to go with them was really interesting. Like, it became a uh, make amends with your brother situation, mm-hmm. and Perseus has his own thing. It's kind of unconnected from them, mm-hmm. but he, they also developed him more emotionally than they did in the last. So. Yeah. But cool. I, yeah, I really liked this this Zeus who is reckoning with the sins that he's committed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really like him going on this uh, a more redemptive arc, which is why I wish they had more firmly connected the Zeus from the first one to this one mm. uh, from the very beginning. Because I would be more on board with a Zeus that is like, wow, I have done some terrible things, yeah. and is actually looking for redemption, even though he is nearly unforgivable for some of the things that he's done. Um, but yeah, this starts to kind of, you know, make good on that in right. this moment. Um, it, yeah, it's kind of weird. This movie could have been a third movie and there should have been a movie between the first one and this one. <laughs> Look at you. Isn't that always well, more movies? Well, no, right. isn't that weird though? And then yeah. four more. Yeah. You could have, well, I, I get what Noah's saying because you could have yeah. had this whole arc with the gods themselves because, right. you know, the whole part of the Greek mythology or religion, I guess at the time um, is even the gods, you know, had their own fate. It was deterministic. Mm. So they had their own resignation in this, you know, we have the humans or demigods choosing, you you know, humanity or morality Mm -hmm. or what, what have you. And then you can Mm -hmm. have the gods finding their own. No, it's, I choose my own fate. This is not, you know, not just going to, you know, philander and whatever be hedonistic or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm doing this own character growth itself. So you could have had this duality, parallel, you know, growth of both sides, um, rejecting the paradigm or rejecting the norm. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it would make more sense picking up where this movie does at the beginning too, because it would follow like the second movie could have the, uh, humans and, or man and the gods mm-hmm. become more and more separated and it would show the gods com- almost completely losing favor. So it would set up that dynamic. Then you'd close off Io's chapter mm-hmm. with and have 
his son born, maybe she die maybe he dies because or sorry, maybe she dies from childbirth. I don't know. Uh however that happens. Or that would be lame though. She dies yeah. because Ares was slaughtering innocents like he usually does. Yeah. Mm, but you, you also have a little bit of Zeus reckoning with what he's done. So this redemptive version you're seeing in this one, which would be the third one, mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense if you see more of that developing through a second movie or by that, a movie before this one. Irina just touched on something there. What if Ares had killed Io? (laughs) That's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. Was like, because it is Perseus who says that Ares, you know, has a history of violence and he's been in wars. He's used to killing innocents. So it would just, I don't know. It makes it much more personal too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, so Perseus, Andromeda, and Agenor free Zeus, and uh, they kind of make their way back, but not before uh, Ares throws uh, Poseidon's trident into, or uh, sorry, Hades's pitchfork into Zeus's back, thus giving them another piece to the Spear of Trium, which was a pretty dumb move on Ares's part, but he was a mad little boy. Uh, I want to talk about a talk about a hail mary though. Yeah, <laughs> he got him. Damn. That uh, honestly, it was a dumb move on his he was part. Just pitching a fit. It was. It, <laughs> I guess like, that like was he a backstab. That was a cool throw though. It was a good throw. It was. Um, right in the. Bite. I just want to close up that story point mm. before we move on. Right. I know we've pretty much discussed at length everything mm. that's happened thus far, so I'm just going to continue with the story. Sounds good. Aiming to retrieve Zeus's thunderbolt from Ares in order to defeat Kronos, Perseus challenges him to a duel. Meanwhile, Andromeda's army is overwhelmed by the the Makai. Hades revives Zeus, and together they defeat the creatures. Kronos appears and begins to attack Andromeda's army. Zeus and Hades hold off Kronos while Perseus duels Ares, eventually killing him with the thunderbolt. Combining the gods' weapons into the Spear of Trium, Perseus destroys Kronos by traveling to his heart and throwing the spear into it. Zeus reconciles with Perseus and then dies of his wounds. Hades leaves, telling Perseus that he is now powerless. Perseus kisses Andromeda and Helios tells his father that he wants to return to his life as a fisherman, but Perseus tells him they can't. Perseus encourages Helios to be proud of himself as he is the son of Perseus and the grandson of Zeus. The film ends with Perseus giving his sword to Helios. Is it heavy? Yes, Daddy. Is it too mm. much? Uh, so this kicks off with the the duel between Perseus and Ares in the uh, temple, uh, the the rundown mm-hmm. temple. Um, Meet me outside the school building at five thirty. <laughs> so I sh- my trap card. Pot <laughs> <laughs> uh, of greed. So I think. Ares honestly kind of diffuses any tension that would have been in this scene when he pulls uh, Helios's son out from behind that column and then says, "I'm not going to kill your son. I just yeah. want to. I just want him to uh, watch me kill you." Uh, it's just like so okay. he knows what it feels like, and it's like Hashtag okay, now I need. Avoid. I don't need to worry about this kid, and he'll he'll be fine. Um, but okay, it's straight up telling the audience, "Don't worry, we won't kill children." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, when it would have been more interesting if they had figured out something else. Um, but I do love how this fight concludes with uh, Perseus basically stabbing mm-hmm. uh, Ares with uh, the, the bolt. And it just this crack of lightning goes yeah. through him. I, just this, a very cool visual. Yeah. Um, this is that moment that 
just they could have made that so much cooler if uh, they really brought home that connection where Zeus denies Ares his weapon. Er, mm-hmm. Like earlier, uh, he doesn't let him use it against Hades, mm. but then later, right now, he uses it, or Perseus uses it against him. And they just, I really wish they had added more to that. Mm. It would have made it a lot more momentous, him just recognizing, his, like, oh, my like life just flashed before my eyes kind of situation yeah. at the end of his, well, life. His demise, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in another significant scene, we have Hades uh, visiting Zeus. Uh, Hades has obviously thought a lot about what... Uh, Zeus had said, and he decides, apologized to me. Yeah, decides to forgive him, which I, I was honestly... <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. This is Ray Fiennes, though. He, he's just such a good actor. Oh, and yeah. like In a movie, even in a movie like this, he can get me to like kind of feel something. Yeah. And I'm in this moment, I was like, aww. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Dude, uh, he gives life to Zeus, and they have this kind of cool team-up yeah. moment. Uh, where Two wizards. Yeah, I, I really liked them just taking out those characters together, uh-huh. really just basically dispatching all of Kronos's little goonies. I think uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed this uh, as far as a redemption for Hades as well, because I, I always get frustrated that he, as a god, gets a bad rap as just mm. being evil when he's really not. Like, he, at worst, he's probably melancholy, <laughs> but yeah. he's never been... Like a vindictive god, he's just kind of sulking in the underworld. The thing is, all of the gods have done terrible things, but Hades is the only one that's been actually punished for those terrible things. Whereas yeah, the others are just kind of like all <laughs> sitting high and mighty. So Dionysus is pulling up their drinks, like, "Yeah, boy, let's party!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is like where the movie kind of kicks into high gear for me. And I think this is where it surpasses the original. I actually hold the, the original and this one on kind of a similar level. Mm. But where you get this team-up moment, and then you get Kronos actually showing his face, blowing up out of the, the mountain in the distance. I think the sheer spectacle of it is is more impressive mm. than uh, what we saw in the first movie. I, I don't think it's like drastically better, but... I, just seeing Kronos come out of that mountain and just spew lava everywhere. Kind of had a Mount St. Helens thing right, going on yeah. there. So this is uh, something that it it was really cool. And also I wish they had gone a little bit further. With that, with that team up between Zeus and Hades, I think Hades was more overshadowed than he should have been. He should have been like summoning the dead to come fight for them and I like agree. fighting the Kronos. Well, that's what I agree. All of... All of it is very short-lived. Yeah. Even Kronos is taken out too quickly. The The team-up doesn't last long enough. Mm-hmm. It's another, you know, this this is something both of the movies suffer from, where it's just like things are over too quickly. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it still gave me the goods, yeah. I feel like. You know? Dude, just imagine how cool it would be, though, if he decides, I'm going to summon Cerberus, and, like, the Cerberus comes from the pits of hell and, like, no, that'd be awesome. throws down with all those two-sided things. Yeah. I, I love this rendering of Kronos, though. Like, yeah, I, I yes. just, watching all of the lava spew, and then as it hardens in oh, the air so and cool. falls, that props to that special effects team, because yes. they were really focusing on that, detail, every single detail oh, on his 
being was oh yeah it holds when up. you look at it it's so good yeah say say what you will about this film it, it doesn't it's not well reviewed mm-hmm. nobody few mm. people like it but that one scene where he is riding on pegasus and chronos flings oh, yeah. his hand over and it's yeah. just like oh, it's it's, so it's the perfect amount of slow-mo without being excessive uh-huh. on the slow-mo and you just see these waves of lava just and they're yeah. kind of uh, flying through it i'm just like it's so satisfying so cool. to to watch the tendrils you know that yeah. fling off of his arm and then watch it turn dark mm. and then yeah fall. imagine the pyroclastic yeah. flow this yeah. <laughs> this is how this is exactly how surter should have been oh, yeah in uh uh thor ragnarok but they decided to you know Go they, different they, they, they decided to tell jokes. But this would have been, it would have been so much cooler to see this kind of colossal uh, yeah. being destroying It's like if, if, if this yeah, movie isn't Rhea. remembered for anything else, it should at least be remembered for that. Because yeah. there are so many movies that are, like, even though the film isn't that great, a lot of the special effects go down in history as like little gems mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. there was this massive undertaking and it paid off. Yeah. Yes. This movie perfected the spectacle of creating something mm-hmm. and like the destruction yeah. well, and, and I, creativity that goes into each creature. It's important to note we have a Titan here that actually Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Finally, we have a Titan. <laughs> he doesn't clash with another Titan, but yeah, we do have a Titan. <laughs> it says Titans, but I'll take one. Hey, yeah. actually... Actually, Gaia is the titan of the earth, and he does punch the earth. There you go. So, <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I, you know what I wish would have happened, and maybe this is a little too cheeseball for this movie, but um, instead of it actually being a spear that's formed by the three pieces, I wish it was a combining of those gods, where since Poseidon is gone... Captain um, Planet. I, Algernon or Algernon or whatever his name is. The the mouse flowers. Flowers for Algernon. Like he he joins with his daddy's weapon with Hades and Zeus, and it's it's more like the three of them have to band together to defeat band of brothers. The Titan. Yeah, yeah. There must be a son of Hades somewhere. No, he didn't really sleep around much. He was busy guarding the underworld. There's one somewhere. He was with Persephone. Honestly, a better way is if we like Power Ranger it and just have like Hades like combines with Zeus, combines with. I would love Hera. Like you have like a robot. I'd love love Zeus holding both. (laughs) Zeus holding Poseidon in his left hand. (laughs) (laughs) Dragon Ball Z. Um, it does almost go there (laughs) does anyone else feel like they were like constantly like come on just throw the spear like and then they're like why do you have to go down his throat just throw him like i know and then not only did he go down the throat he just he drops it you start hearing uh, yeah exactly it just tumbles it's like whoops (laughs) <laughs> start, Oops, accidentally killed Kronos. Well, he's all like, this Kronos is how I... Yeah. Just What if some other god, like Gaia, came out of the earth and just started yeah. giving them a Heimlich maneuver? <laughs> <laughs> come on, Kronos, come Get back, back to me. in there. Come back to me. <laughs> it was funny when you were reading that, it said, like, uh, throws it into his heart, and I was like, what? Wait, does the threat I thought he just, directly I just to thought the he heart? had, like, a real long esophagus and it was taking too long and Perseus was like well you know this has to be far enough 
Yeah. I don't want to go any further into yeah. his stomach. I was also, expecting just, like, Pegasus to die, actually. I know. <laughs> they, I think they, yeah, I think it, they, it would have been much cooler to have the weapon, like, he just throws it straight at the heart from outside, and because it's a three combined super weapon, it, like, yeah. So you think it should have had? Right you think it should have had some like Death Star like weak point where they have to throw it in? No, 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 wait, that, was, that was that was used on the he maze. He doesn't need to find the weak point. Yeah, 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 he didn't need to find a weak point. I think that godly weapon should have been able to just like a uh, good example. Last Jedi with the ship where she warp speeds through. Yeah, the people like that, but with the spear. Yeah, yeah, and he just blows up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what we got uh, was the exhaust shaft with the well-placed yeah. bomb. <laughs> True. Big enough for a muskrat. All right, so the, the story wraps Whopper up. Dang it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> the story wraps up. Uh, Zeus kind of has his last final words with Perseus and kind of lays his head on Perseus's shoulder and turns to sand. And then Perseus gives his sword to Helios, teasing a maybe father-son team-up of some sort or, you know, a passing of the guard. Mm. Um, ha- I kind of liked that it wrapped the movie up in that way where, yeah, it came back to the father and son just where it started. Uh, so it, there's some, you know, cohesiveness there. Mm. Uh, and I do like this kind of, I, I like that it had the guts mm. to be like, yeah, Zeus is gone now. Like, he's, right. uh, I, I kind of liked this slightly somber moment where, oh, yeah. I actually feel, feel for Zeus a little bit. Here. I actually yeah. really liked the the head falling yes, on the shoulder. That was, good. Yeah. that was a touch that actually mm-hmm. hit well, me a little bit. Well, like, what I what I what I liked <laughs> about it is it showed for once that Zeus is kind of under Perseus. Yeah. Or it was like it was I like am, he does rely on someone. Not yeah. Where it's only like I am himself. I'm putting my head on you versus yeah. uh, me lording over. Mm-hmm. Um, well sure. Yeah. Dude, creation of man ashes to ashes dust to dust that kind right of thing. right yeah yeah you know you know why they turn to sand though why because their times run out uh, wow thanks thanks <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. thanks thanks uh, uh that did, that didn't get enough credit no i like i loved it <laughs> i loved it <laughs> wait 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 here here tell it again I'll well laugh. i get it <laughs> <laughs> no that's enough that's all i needed oh don't get sandy uh, any any final thoughts on the the end of the story here? Um, I actually have a question. What did you think about the kiss? Um, okay, so mixed feelings. I don't think they did enough to set up this relationship. I thought mm. if the actress had been consistent from the first movie to the second one, then maybe. Yeah. Um, I was glad though that there was no there was little dialogue right like it was it was just a this is all over i'm gonna just kiss you now i'm just gonna go in for it and then move on to the father-son moment like okay good like yeah it Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me well she's already all business moving on to the next thing you know keeping busy and he's like shut up and kiss me like yeah Yeah. Mm. and and you could take it either way you could take it like yeah this is a a relationship that's being formed and they're gonna be together or you can take it as like Hey, we just fought a hard bo- battle. I want to kiss someone. Even yeah. Algernon <laughs> is like, you know, quit being a stoic. Go over there and get the girl. Come yeah. here, boy. And I, I was okay with it. I uh, yeah. normally I would have been bothered by yeah. it, but like you said, Reese, where it was this was a hard battle. I yeah. need a kiss. The way it was yeah. handled yeah. was more realistic than if they tried to entertain the idea that something had been developing for a long time. Mm. Yeah, but release um, the cracking. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Kraken. And he sure does. <laughs> All right. Thus concludes the story portion of this podcast. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other end, we're going to get into our brief reviews and talk about what critics thought, get into some box office, and then wrap it up with uh, where this franchise is at now. Welcome back. Let's talk Wrath of the Titans. David, you have our numbered scores in a little cup a there. Little you want to pull them at random for our reviews here? All right. First up, Noah with an eight. Dang. I'd actually detract half a point, uh, put it at 7.5. I think that this movie is actually really fun and it's very competently made. It just uh, has a couple of flaws as far as replacements of characters, things not fully lining up with Clash, and then a couple of situations in which, you know, you wish they'd gone further with certain plot points that they set up themselves, but they kind of just decided not to fully flesh them out. For the sake of, I guess, making the movie a little shorter or focusing more on the uh, spectacular side of things. Which, by the way, is very spectacular. Yeah. So I give them a whole 7.5 for how spectacular they were. All right, Noah giving us 7.5 for the sheer spectacle of Wrath of the Titans. All right, next up... David, myself, with a seven. <laughs> and I'm keeping it similar. I think I gave a seven to Clash. So uh, they were very similar to me. Like uh, they just swapped out one bad thing for another bad thing, but the, the good things outweighed some of the other good things. It was, it was a spectacle. It was exciting. I was engaged. I wouldn't go out of my way to see it too many more times. Wait, see it too many more times like you would... The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I wonder if I've actually... I don't think Which I've seen it Which you also gave a seven. <laughs> Which is a, a a slight to you, because you said <laughs> that movie was so rewatchable. You have not rewatched it. I have And you really it. stand by that that score, too. Oh, by the way... I've just been so you busy You can listen to podcast. that episode, or that excerpt of that episode. Yes, we, we I actually officially released David reviewing The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor... Uh, his review isolated from the rest of the episode. Uh, yeah, just go back in our feed. It's there. It's about five minutes long. You there can are, hear you can hear him giving that movie. Dude, a there are probably some people who love that movie, and they're yeah. gonna back me on this. Yeah, we need to. I, I we need to tr- quote said as my ringtone. I was gonna say we need to remix uh, him saying that into our outro. Yeah, <laughs> that's a seven. That's a seven. Uh, that's a seven. Honestly, we'll be we'll be setting up a Patreon here pretty soon, Ooh. and we may uh, dredge up some of those old episodes just for fun and throw them on there mm. uh, as exclusive content. If you want to hear us at our absolute worst, mm-hmm. we sucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how much better we are now, but we suck less. <laughs> yeah, but I would like to hear more of David's take on this movie in particular yes yeah. go, go for it 
I mean, it's it's not too much more. I mean, I think the the cinematography pretty good. I think that <laughs> could you take a screenshot and it'd be like a desktop. I know. What do we say about me moving on with my review? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think the CGI is amazing. I think this is this would be on par with a lot of stuff coming out nowadays for most part. Um, music was good. Uh, there's not really a recognizable theme, but it was effective, and I enjoyed listening to it. Um, <laughs> it was it was just kind of an inoffensive movie as far as the plot goes. It doesn't it doesn't quite go far enough. So I don't know seven. Why not? Next score is AJ also with the seven. Oh, so yeah, I definitely prefer the second to the first movie, um, which is interesting because this is for the most part new territory as far as original myth story material goes and that's to their credit i mean they took a well-known character um and very revered character this is the culture hero of the greeks perseus and basically put new content for him to my knowledge i mean there's i'm sure a lot taken from it um so they did it in a a good well-balanced way as has been said this movie looks great it is fun um, and I will steal David's last line is they didn't go far enough. That's the main thing is it's really exemplified where we talked about the labyrinth scene. We could have used a little bit more, maybe one more creature monster or just completely flesh out the Minotaur and the labyrinth and highlight the, the sense of doom and urgency and terror, I guess, you know, Cronus was done well. Ares was not, um, to, I guess his potential, um, I wanted to yeah. see more violence, more wrath from him in particular. More God of War. Mm. And um, I do really appreciate Sam Worthington, his performance here and his character and charisma, what he brought to the table as Perseus in this over the first I much prefer. Not a huge fan of Zeus's character in this. And like Risa said, he really depends on seeing the first one. For the most part, I don't mind a reboot or semi-reboot because like I said, this story content is for the most part newly created just to have a second movie um very entertained by it just wanted a bit more um of the punchier parts and uh maybe fleshing out a little bit more of agenor in the labyrinth so yeah yeah, i mean it's it's a fun movie for sure could have used a little bit more of the the shadows to highlight the the highlights Mm -hmm. all right next up Reese with the 6.5. Uh, yep. Uh, I also liked this more than the first. I thought I was going to like it way more than the first, uh, because when I had originally seen this movie, I was almost kind of taken aback by how much better I thought it was than the first movie. But upon rewatching, I realized that that was me being very hyped for the first movie and it not delivering on that hype and me having very low expectations for the second one and being impressed that it was actually much better than I thought it was. Uh, So this movie is, it is just a solid action movie from the front to the back. Uh, I, I, my, my complaint is that I just wish it was more than that. Um, I think it, backs down from some of the things that I thought were interesting about the first movie, whereas uh, Perseus is kind of on this war against the gods. And this movie just kind of abandons all of that. It kind of recontextualizes Zeus as this more sympathetic character, and it recontextualizes 
Perseus as this guy who doesn't feel like he's worthy of being a god, and I thought that was a lot less interesting than what they uh, were proposing in the first film. That said, this movie does a whole lot of things better than the first movie does. Its action scenes are much more well-staged. The cinematography, I feel like, is better, even though I don't think it was like that shabby in the first one. Uh, I think the final confrontation with Kronos is just absolutely... Uh, not, <laughs> this sounds funny, but god-tier. <laughs> um, uh, even though I think... But not titan-tier. Yeah, titan-tier, I should say. Um, but... Again, this movie kind of pulls its punches here and there where I'm like, oh, I wanted to see you go all the way and it doesn't quite do it. It goes a little farther than the first movie does, but it's it's still like everything is over and done with way too quickly. Um, both of these films actually like, give me the extended cut. Like, what are y'all afraid of? Like, the movie already came out in theaters. Just give me some, give me what you got. I know there's other stuff on the cutting room floor. I just want to see it. Uh, and I think... This is it, it, just, these are effective, fast-paced action movies, and they they could benefit from a little substance. Uh, mm-hmm. They both don't have that, and, and I wish they did, because they, they, they tease at it. There's things there, there's little, like, little nuggets where I'm like, oh, that's an interesting little thing that you brought up. Uh, why don't you tap into that a little bit more? Uh, these could be true, epic awesome movies if they just developed these things a little bit more just pushed it a little farther and decided to be a little more than just surface level greek mythology action romps um but still i was more entertained by this movie than i was than the first one i do still think it is better than the first one even if it's just marginally um i think that the first one had better bones to work off of to build a movie this one was just kind of uh, creating its own thing on its own. Uh, so I give it a little more credit for that as well, because it really, it wasn't remaking anything. It was just like, okay, now we got to go off on our own and create this new story, even though it is pulling from Greek mythology. Uh, so for all those reasons, this movie is a 0.5 notch higher than the first film. So there you go. All righty. And last but not least, is Irina with a 7.5. Same as the first, right? Yeah. I mean, I I find them both to be pretty much the same for me. Mm-hmm. It's action and it's fun. I can see the issues in their plot. I can see the issues in a lot of the design of their characters. Uh, special effects have never been an issue. In fact, I think they focus more on that. And since that seems to be their driving force as far as a film, except I think it's Medusa. pretty. Except Medusa, yeah, there are some issues there. Uh, but since that's mostly their driving force, I would say they're pretty successful. I feel that in this movie there were improvements made because of those flaws in the first, and I commend them for that. But. It, it still just kind of has that energy, and I don't feel like criticizing it too hard because it's really not trying to be the next Lord of the Rings by any means. Mm-hmm. It's just we just want good, fun mythology action, and I enjoy it. I actually like the main character in this one as well, and um, that's saying something because usually Sam Worthington comes across to me as that generic 
dude who's I'm just there, you know, I'm a soldier, this is what I do. But I, I liked him in this, and um, that surprised me. So I, there are movies I've given sevens where they just kind of have nothing lead characters, but it's enough of a film to stand alone as a story, and I don't feel like criticizing it too harshly for that. There were just some misguided steps. At least here, I can turn my brain off and just enjoy it. So I'm yeah. I'm going to leave it with that 7.5. There's a lot of pe- I wanted to just draft off of what you were saying real yeah. quick. Yeah. There's a lot of people that criticize Sam Worthington of his kind of like they call it they think he's like a kind of cardboard actor. Right. I don't think that's fair. Mhm. Uh I think he is he's really interested in bettering the whole of the product. Right. He's not showboating. He's not trying to be the you know, hey, look at me, look at me type of guy. Right. Like, he's like, I want this movie. And, and this is from watching behind the scenes. He's trying to do what's best for the the production as a whole. Yeah. Instead of being, like, a showboat actor. It, like, yeah, you Hexel would think Rich, from... Yeah, like, from, from what people... Like, exactly. Example of your point, I think. Exactly. From what you would think on online is that people compare, like, he's on the same level as someone like Jai Courtney, who no, act, no, who not. actually is, like, a cardboard actor who yeah. adds almost nothing. Uh, I think there's just something about his image that leads you to believe he's going to be, but yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, I just wanted, I don't think he's, like, the best actor ever, but I do think he's, he is solid. Like, he's, yeah. uh, I, I don't think he's... He's not the deterring factor of this no. movie. Exactly, I, and, and sure, he could probably do better. But I think it's unfair to criticize yeah. him as this. Well, for a lot of actors out there, it's because they're kind of typecast into a role that isn't given a whole lot to work with either. Yeah. So that I think some people end up getting that kind of trend going. Yeah. I think uh, uh, people expect Chris Hemsworth or they get a Liam instead. Yeah. Honestly, you know, if you ask this guy to do comedy, I'm sure he would do fine. I, I don't <laughs> think he's ever been asked. Yeah. You know, it's just because uh, I think that's the thing. That's the only difference between Chris Hemsworth and a Sam Worthington is Sam Worthington's very straight faced, and Chris Hemsworth has been act has been asked to you know do the occasional comedic uh, bit, and uh, I, I think he's Sam- more of a Jason Statham. Yeah, I think I think he could he could pull it off. I I don't know, but maybe. Anyway, tangent over. AJ, do you want to crunch those numbers for us for Wrath of the Titans? All right. So Wrath of the Titans, we have a 7.1. So we've got the flip side of the 7, where Clash of the Titans from 2010 had a 6.9 group average. Here we have a 7.1. All right. It also gives us an even 7 for the franchise average. Awesome. I never would have thought that we'd have the Clash of the Titans franchise kind of in the green zone but here we are uh i don't know i don't know why we have a soft spot i knew it for our group i mean if you take a random sample probably not but knowing us i was i'm not surprised Mm -hmm. all right so let's get into the critics this is it's a it's not pretty it's kind of a bloodbath here honestly so brace yourselves um on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 26%, which is 1% lower than the Clash of the Titans remake. So they're kind of like neck and neck there. 
uh, an audience score of 49%, which is 9% higher than the Clash of the Titans score, which was 40%. Uh, so a mixed to negative bag there. Uh, on Metacritic, it has a 37 out of 100 and a audience score of 5.2 out of 10. Uh, so from critics, that is a that's kind of in the red there. Uh, so mostly negative reviews and an audience score that is very mixed to negative. And on IMDb, it has a 5.7, which if you know IMDb, if you're any lower than a 6, that's generally considered not great. It's, it's pretty easy to make IMDb happy. So if you are not on the positive side, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, but uh, one slight glimmer of hope, this movie uh, got a B-plus on cinema score, which I know I don't usually call out. But that's um, kind I of never. like that's kind of like audience impressions out the gate when a movie first comes out in theaters. Uh, B plus is fairly positive. It's much better if you get an A minus to A plus score on Cinema Score, but B plus is not bad. I think in real life it applies the same way. Yeah. Uh, so I would say mostly mixed to negative scores on Wrath of the Titans. Very much the same as Clash of the Titans. These mo- This is one of the few franchises i guess where the movies are literally neck and neck when, mm-hmm. when critics are concerned also keep in mind this is only two years after the first one yeah so they, they did were, all this yeah they pumped really quick yeah they pumped it out quick uh so box office this movie released on march 30th of 2012 it was uh facing the second weekend of the hunger games and was also released against <laughs> yes also released against the horror movie Mirror, Mirror, uh, also in theaters at the time, were 21 Jump Street, uh, The Lorax, The Lorax, and John Carter. That's kind of hard competition, to be honest, with Hunger Games. Yeah. I was working at the movie theater. Yep. Oh, you were? Were there a lot of How people showing up for this one? No. <laughs> Uh, the movie was budgeted at $150 million, which, uh, for comparison's sake, the first film was budgeted at $125 million. So this cost $25 million first, uh, $25 million more than the uh, original. So, worldwide, what did this movie do at the box office? Let's start with you, AJ. Uh, I'm going to stick around where I think I, if I remember correctly, for the first movie was 375 so we'll back it off because of hunger games 350 350 noah i'm uh in a similar 300 boat i'll do 325 315 actually okay arena 290 290 david box man all right i got it i'm debating whether i want to stick with 300 or if i want to go slightly above noah and and take the larger gap uh, i'm gonna go with 316 you are a ho- you can't do 316 i pick, did 316 dude if if you this is if you win with a 316 price is right baby. i win price is right three- are you sticking firm with I'm 316? 316. All right. David is the winner. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I think I deserve the it's win. It's the there. price is right. Dude. Oh, my gosh. Look, man. It's just the What luck, is it? It's just the luck What is of the it? Girl. Is it 320? It's 330. 
Uh, oh, I almost said 325 earlier. Yeah, too. you would have won. I would have done that. 326. Yeah. yeah, so the you movie. You would have gone lower, probably. Probably. The movie grossed 330 million at. Oh, wait. Plot twist. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Arena, what was your number again? 290. Noah, yours 215? 315. Arena. What? You are the winner. What? what? Wait, wait. wait. Yeah. I'm confused now. It it made sorry, I, I was looking at the wrong number. It made three hundred and two million. Ooh. Did you just moonlight me? Worldwide box. Yeah, David, you La suck. La Land wins. Actually. <laughs> yes. no. I am Moonlight. Yep, Arena won three hundred and two million uh, for oh, wait, 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 wait. Suck it, bitch. There's another number. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, there's another number. <laughs> no way. Uh yeah, so uh, against that budget of 150 million, 302 million is obviously not the number they were looking for. They were probably looking for a similar number to Clash of the Titans. Even a little lower would have been acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the original Clash of the Titans made 493 million off a 125 million budget. So they were probably hoping for 450 plus. In for other this words, one. they doubled, but they saw the writing on the wall. Yes. Uh, it was, it's not a catastrophic bomb. This mm-hmm. movie still made money, or I don't know if it made money for them, but it wasn't like a whole bunch of red marks in the book for them. Uh, it still made a significant amount, especially overseas where it made uh, roughly like $220 million. Um, It was just a noticeable, noticeable downfall from the first one, uh, and this was mostly attributed to the kind of critical and audience reception. Uh, this was an obvious, like, you know, kind of, yes, people did not care for the first one, so they didn't show up for the second one. And the second one also didn't get great reviews. Uh, thus, wh- why make a third one, guys, if uh, <laughs> people aren't really asking for it? People are clamoring for the Greek mythology movies. Yeah, so in terms of this movie's franchise potential, I think it's pretty definitive to say that it ends with Wrath of the Titans. I don't think we're getting a third movie. Uh, There was a third movie planned. It was going to be called Revenge of the Titans. This was in development before the second second release was even put out. The official statement on this movie was that they ran out of, like, ideas. But I think it's more just because they ran out of money. (laughs) Or or not ran out of money. They ran out of gods, too. The the second one wasn't successful. Oh, yeah. All the gods died and you killed Kronos, so... Yeah. No one's ever going to say, like, yeah, it didn't make enough money, so we're not making another. No. uh, We... There just weren't any ideas for the third If you make enough money, you will find ideas. Yeah. Exactly. That's just how sequels work. Like, (laughs) even if they... Even if they don't have ideas, they're making more. That's why right. there's six Transformers movies. Yep. Like, <laughs> uh, but recently, actually, uh, Liam Neeson stated, intru- like, he was asked um, what character did he want to portray again or portray, and his first response was, I want to do Zeus again. Uh, like, which is weird. This was in 2021. He was mm-hmm. interviewed in January 2021, oh. and he was asked about roles he wanted to play, and he said Zeus. Um, weird. Uh, Someone kidnaps Athena. <laughs> if I were him, I would have picked Aslan. Yeah, and the the sequel actually, that there's not too many plot details on what it would have been, but Revenge of the Titans was essentially going to be like a resurrection of all the gods, and kind of just I guess their 
revenge upon Earth or whatever. Mm. But oh, I would have thought that it would have been the other Titans or were the mad Titans. that Kronos was know. killed. There's there's not so a lot. They're like, hey, I'm getting revenge for Kronos. Yeah, there's not a lot released on what this was going to be, but. It was uh, the reason this franchise failed was just a uh, the, a lack of interest. Uh, not a lot of people showed up for the sequel, and they apparently ran out of ideas for where they would Money. take it. Um, so yeah, I, I think this franchise is kind of dead in the water. I don't think it's coming back unless Liam Neeson decides to single-handedly campaign for it. If Liam Neeson <laughs> said he would do it again. I bet you you could get some. I think to he do could it. will it into existence. Yes, I feel like if he rallied all of the other actors and they just started promoting on social media, yes, you could potentially end up seeing you know some sort of uh, just like what happened with the Snyder Cut, some willing into existence of this third movie. But I I do not think there's a lot of passion for this franchise, not in the way that there was for the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's 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 done here, unfortunately. Which leads us to our honorable or dishonorable death. This is something we do at the end of a franchise where we uh, vote on whether or not this franchise ended honorably or dishonorably. The, the first option being if this movie in if this movie ends on a conclusive note and it doesn't require a sequel to conclude its story, then it is an honorable death. Uh, if it ends on a cliffhanger that demands more than it is a dishonorable death, how do we feel about the Clash slash Wrath of the Titans franchise? Is it an honorable or dishonorable death here? This honorable. This one is, I'm going to say, more mixed than other ones, and I will say that's because when he's with his son at the end, He's asking about the sword. They're hinting at something. That is a setup. That uh, is but not- he's pa- it's a passing on the torch. My story yeah, I, has that, ended. Look, I pass on the torch to the future. That is why I say it's mixed. But it is... No, that was supposed to be a leg into the next movie. That, well, no, that's it's what a, they were doing. It, dude, you can bet if they had a third movie, they'd still have Sam Worthington. What? No, I'm just saying like he... That, he they're trying to hint. No, it'd be like a team up. No, it's yeah. a, it's a yeah. hopeful, uplifting movie because even Andromeda herself said it's hope. It's about hope. That's what humanity has, is hope. Yeah. So I'm saying it's mixed. I think 100% honorable. I I agree with Noah. Yeah. I I mean, I can be swayed towards honorable. I think it's I'm just saying, I think it it definitely finishes its story, and I'm happy with it, and it only lightly teases. I'm going to I'm going to give for me, I'm going to give it a a light honorable. I don't Mm. think it's a definitive end to the story. But I think it does just enough to wrap up loose ends where I like it doesn't require a sequel. I don't don't think it even I don't even think there's anything that really leads it to wanting a follow up. I think it's pretty cut and dry with the gods being gone. The Titan gone. They don't set up any other Titans. They don't set up any other foes that need to be like no it's books just need to be closed. Establishing something with his son, it's it's light. It, that's why we're but getting. We don't have to rebuttal the, the, the here, fact here, that we are agreeing. No, here's the thing. I agree with you, Noah. The thing is, I think, and this is why I think it's an honorable death. I'm just saying it does like leave the door cracked open for potentially more movies. I'm not saying it it like demands more movies or relies on more movies. But it does like crack the door open. But but that that doesn't mean exactly why I said I'm honorable. All right, all right. Like I said, it's a light honorable. I think Reese and I are seeing this in similar light. Yeah. Uh, So okay, 
I'll grab the gavel. Clank. This is an honorable death for the Clash of the Titans franchise. Uh, even though there are, you know, a couple of things that leave it open to potentially more, it doesn't actually leave loose ends uh, untied. So, all right. Next week, Noah has sent in the final film of the Greek mythology miniseries, and it is The Immortals. Stay tuned, no, guys. No, it's just Immortals, not The Immortals. Oh, sorry. Tarzan signs Immortals. All right. How do I set up a goodbye without sounding awkwardly abrupt? Uh, cut it. All right. Goodbye, you guys. We will see y'all next week. Bye. Not touching that again. <laughs>